Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Awesome. Praise the Lord for that awesome worship. We just thank God for His Spirit that's in this house. With the mind to worship continually, we pray that um, right now you can help us continue to worship by giving. And so we ask that you would uh, prepare your offering. We ask that you would talk to the Lord right now and see what he places on your heart to give, to help this ministry to be able to bring Jesus Christ into your homes and into your hearts. And so with every head bowed, every eyes closed, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your presence in our lives. Father, we ask that you will receive this offering, Lord. We ask that you will bless it and sanctify it. Use it for your glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. For those that are online given, we just uh, ask that you would click the links below. And for those that are here in the sanctuary, we ask that you would give to the box to my left. Amen. As we prepare our hearts to receive the word of God, we ask that, Lord, you would just speak through Pastor Ray today as the message that he's prepared would give you glory and honor that will stir up the hearts and the minds of your people that will help us to continue to walk forward into your word that we be edified in our spirits. In Christ's name we pray, amen. God is good. Some of y'all must have forgot that. God is good. And all the time. We're reminded of that this morning, no matter where you're at, no matter where you're at, whether you're in the sanctuary with us, there's a dozen or so people here, whether you're online or whether you're going to plan to join us and you'll hear that for the first time on the front lawn. I want you to remember and be able to declare truly, God is good. God is good. Our circumstances do not change the promise and the reality of the goodness and the faithfulness of our God. And so in the midst of all that is going on around us, I do pray that you and I both alike would be able to attest to the faithfulness and the goodness of God. I had uh, the pleasure of being away for the last couple of days, but uh, just like many of you, while I was away, I jumped online on Sunday morning and followed along with their time of worship online, like some of you are doing right now. And uh, one of the cool things that has come out of this pandemic is that um, the church is able to stay united even when we're miles and miles apart from each other. And so um, we were, I don't even know where we were um, last Sunday, but wherever we were, I was in the the front part of our RV and we're sitting at the dinettes and, and we got the computer propped up and we're, as a family, we're watching it and we see and we're listening to Pastor Crawford. He was going in and we were enjoying that last week. And, uh, and, and the Lord just began to speak, and I began to write in the midst of that service, just began to write what God would have for us today. And I just really um, felt stirred up in my spirit by the Lord. And uh, 
and excited to, to kind of bring part two of Pastor Crawford's message from last week. And so if you didn't catch part one, maybe you were away and, and you didn't tune in or, or maybe, you know, just for whatever reason you weren't able to worship with us last week, I do encourage you after this is over, go back and, uh, and take a listen to what Pastor Crawford had to say last week. Um, dial into that because uh, I'm picking up assuming that many of us listen to that and, uh, and you'll see some ties together from the things that I say today to what Pastor Crawford was talking about last week. Um, I also want to just give a couple of quick, quick announcements. Uh, the first is that next Saturday night at 5 o'clock, you're going to want to make sure you're online. Next Saturday night at 5 o'clock, Wissahickon is coming back live. And so they'll be live next Saturday night um, at 5 o'clock. They, they're not meeting in person. They're pre-recording and they're, they're, they're debuting the service. And so gather a couple of people at your house, get your family together, invite your neighbors over. But you're going to want to tune in next Saturday night at 5 o'clock. I believe that'll be on Facebook, Instagram, and on our on their YouTube page. But find it wherever it is and tune in and share it with everybody because that is a gr- going to be a great time of worship. I am thankful to have been a part of that yesterday as we were recording that and really excited to see that begin to happen on a weekly basis again. The second thing I wanted to say to everybody is I want to invite you this Thursday night, this Thursday night, join us on our church check-in. Specifically, come prepared to celebrate communion. We're going to celebrate communion together this Thursday night during our church check-in. That means when you dial into the church check-in, you need to make sure you have your juice and your bread. All right, Make sure you got it. If you don't have it, grab something that looks like it and get ready to celebrate with us. Uh, it's going to be a great time. But juice and bread come with it Thursday night at 7 o'clock on our church check-in. Uh, you can find information about that on our church's website. And, uh, and all that information will be there for you. So here we go. Let's pray as we get ready for the Word of God. Father God, would you bless all that you're saying and doing, God? Would you, would you continue to speak through your Word, God? You were, that, that, that worship time was just, it was sweet, Lord. It was sweet, God. I, I have to imagine that some other people's hearts were stirred up, God, that they were reminded of the faithfulness, and they were ready to exalt you, God. They were ready to, to lift their hands and cry out to you. But now, God, we're ready to bend our knee. We're ready to to kneel before you and say, Father, speak. Father, teach. So, God, might you use this vessel to communicate your truth. But might it be you who does the speaking, the teaching, the preaching, and the empowering through the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the fun things that I've gotten to do during my, uh, during this uh, COVID shutdown time is I've gotten to uh, wield one of these things around. This is a small axe. And uh, this axe, I don't know what they're really used for, but what I've learned they're used for is uh, is they're, they're used for throwing. And so young kids don't try it at home. But there are places where you can go where they where they have targets set up that you can throw these things at. They're kind of cool, and I'm not left-handed, but if I were, my, my grip would look like this, and I'd be about here on the handle, and, and I, I got to try to figure out how to do this opposite, and I would step forward with my right foot and release. Not this low because it would go nowhere, but release right about there. Uh, if, I, if I did it with my right hand, my form would be a little bit better, but the point is I've learned that these things are fun. These things are a lot of fun. So when Pastor Crawford was talking about the acts of our faith, I, man, my mind just started rolling with that one. And I, 
And uh, but he said one thing last week. That, you know, he said a, he said a bunch of things last week that were really really good. But he said one thing that stuck with me last week. And he said that um, he, he said that every axe is going to get dull. And he encouraged us to not be ashamed that our axe has gotten dull, but to begin to think about how we can re-sharpen the axe. And that's what we're going to focus on today, re-sharpening our axe. But, um, so when I, when I went to the axe-throwing places, I, I've begun to, to do this in a, you know, maybe once a month, been going out doing this. And, uh, and you, you throw probably you know, 200 axes in the course of an hour. Um, and what I realized is that no matter whether I'm hitting the target, which thankfully I normally do, or if there's a couple of occasions where they're bouncing off the floor and flying erratically, but um, either way, the, the sharp edge by the end of my time there begins to dull. If I stuck this thing in a piece of wood 200 times, it's beginning to take the edge off of it. So I began to think about that. I said, man, well, what do they do? Like, they just go out and buy new axes all the time? Or how, what do they do with them? Because you look at some of them, and like, they're, you can tell they've been worn. You can tell they've, they've had their share of, you know, hitting a chain link fence or, or hitting the floor or something like that. And, and maybe you prayed for the person who was throwing it when you noticed that. But, uh, but either way, I started to think, man, what do they do with these things, and, and how do they do it? So I went back and talked to one of the managers there, and I said, you know, what do you do? Like, how do you get the edge back on your axe? And he took me to the back room, and he showed me. He said, oh, well, we just have one of these, and he's got an electric grinding wheel. And he would begin to take his axe, and he would uh, put his foot on the pedal, which would make the grinding wheel begin to spin, and he would begin to move the axe ever so slowly across this grinding wheel. And, and you could tell he was really good at it. He knew the angle to hold it, and, and he, he would move it back, and then he would bring it back across. And he would do that three or four times, and then he would flip it over and do it the opposite way on the opposite side. And, and before you knew it, you looked at the edge of that axe, and you said, wow, you could split a piece of paper with that. That thing was incredibly sharp. If the axe is the representation of our faith, and Pastor Crawford talked to us a little bit about this last week, if the axe is the representation of our faith, how do we get the edge back? How do we resharpen so that we can split that paper or that we can split that hair or we can split the truth from a lie? How is it that we find ourselves again engaged in practices that, that bring us back to a healthy place with God? Well, this morning I'm going to try to talk about that. And I, I did one of those, what are those things where, where the word, where it spells the word going down like this? Thank you, Pastor Crawford. It's called an acrostic. I've been trying to figure out all week what that's called. It's kind of hard to Google something that spells the word going down like this. Nothing comes up, but it's called an acrostic. So if you put it on, if you're writing this down and you're taking notes, go ahead. The word is habits, habits, H-A-B-I-T-S. And we're going to talk about that, healthy habits of our faith. And, uh, and, and I think this is something that's going to stick with you. You're going to be able to hang on to this. And, and uh, there's going to be something here for every one of us this morning. The healthy habits of our faith and these things that spell out, these things that spell out the word habits are each one a practice of their own that will help us, daily practice that will help us 
to regain or retain our edge and our faith. And, and for some of us who are sitting there today saying, like, this, this COVID time has kind of wiped out my faith. Well, this is a way for you to step back in. This is a way for you to re-engage again. This is a way for you to say, you know what, I, I believe and I want to step back forward, step up into my, uh, my relationship with God. So without further ado, it starts here. 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24. 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24. This is what it says. It says, but be sure, this is Samuel giving his final address to Israel. He says, be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all of your heart. Consider what great things God has done for you. His, his, his closing remarks to Israel is, he says, let's not forget all that God has brought us through. And out of a place of fear, not like I'm afraid of you, God, but I, I revere you, God. I respect you. I honor you. I exalt you. In that place, let's remember what God has done and let's be faithful in pursuing the heart of God. So the H I have for you here is have daily devotion. If you're trying to figure out what are some habits that you can implore into your life to begin to get your edge back with God, start here. Have daily devotions. Having a daily devotion will not look the same all of your life, but if you're not in the practice right now of having daily devotions, let me help you by framing one out for you. Start with, don't aim for an hour, it's not going to happen. Start with two or three minutes every morning to say, God, this time is for you. I set it aside and nothing else. My coffee doesn't matter. The kid who's screaming my name right now doesn't matter. I'm giving you two or three minutes. Maybe that's too much for you right now. Maybe you need to start with one or two. You will build up, but start building healthy habits by having daily devotions. And now here's the practice. Sit. Don't do sit. Just be present. God, I'm going to listen. If you say something, if you hear something, if God, if God speaks something in your heart, I'm going to write it down. And if I don't know what else to do, I'm just going to remember. This is Samuel's word to Israel. Remember all that God has done. So if I'm just sitting there, for two or three minutes, and I don't have anything else I can offer. I'm just going to remember what God has done. God, I remember how I was in that jam. And I look back now and say, wow, you brought me through that. I remember when I was praying and saying, God, don't leave me lonely all my life. And you gave her to me. God, I, rem I remember some things that you have done. I remember when I felt isolated and alone. Somebody called me. Just remember some things you've done, God. So a daily devotion starts with just being present with God and remembering, listening, remembering what God has done. It's, it, it might build to an hour, but it's going to start with just a couple of minutes. It's going to start with a couple of minutes. You say, Pastor Ray, I don't know how to do it. Well, here it is. I'm just going to set a time aside each day where I say I'm just going to sit. God, I'm going to show up in that space. Maybe that's another part that I would recommend to you. If you can, just identify the space where you're going to show up. God, I'm going to meet with you each morning at my dining room table. 
God, I'm going to sit on the edge of my bed, and I'm going to meet with you for two or three minutes. God, I'm going to go pace the, the living room. Whatever it is, make it a daily practice. Secondly, A, attend church regularly. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Come on, somebody turn it and say amen so everybody else knows you're doing it with us. Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 23 through 25. Hebrews chapter 10, 23 to 25. Mike, do you have any of these for the screen or no? You didn't get any of them from Marcus today for the screen? Okay. Hebrews chapter 10, the first one went up. There you go. Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. Here's what it says. Anybody turn there? Oh, there you go. You were slow to the party on the amen. Come on, y'all. You can interrupt with the amen. All right, here we go. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised it is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love, and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as we see the day approaching. The author of Hebrews is calling for the church to continue to get together. Now, I've seen this call spread out all over the place right now during this COVID time, kind of encouraging people to come back. So let me use it that way just for a second. If you're following along at home and you haven't yet come back out, come on, come on back out. You, we, we got a pew that nobody will sit in six foot of that you can sit in and you can enjoy it at nine o'clock. If you're not ready for that, but you want to join us on the lawn, you can join us on the lawn. Matter of fact, you could even get one of those soccer bubbles that, parent, that parents use. use. You've seen those? They're like a clear bubble. You sit in it, you zip it up, and it keeps the rain off of you. Anybody seen those? It's like a chair that all the soccer moms and soccer dads get. I know I'm becoming a soccer dad. And so they sit in these things to keep the elements away. Well, you can use that to keep COVID away. Come sit on the front lawn and, uh, and enjoy that time with us. Now, look, I'm saying this jokingly and lightheartedly, but I do want to say it for real. If you haven't yet, come on back out. Come on back out. We'll, we'll, we'll be here when you're ready, but come on back out. Come on back out. But let me get to kind of the heart of what the author of Hebrews was saying, because I don't think it was specifically written with the hope of being able to say to the church in the midst of a pandemic, come back together. I think specifically it's more about this. If there are things that have caused you to splinter away, the author of Hebrews says, don't. Choose to stay and meet together. Choose to continue to be in pursuit of God together. And I say it to you this way. Church is so vital to our faith. Attend it when it's inconvenient. Church is so vital to our faith. Attend it when it's inconvenient. I was talking to a, a, a gentleman this week who um, told me he, he, he lives over in the Overbrook section of Philly, and he travels to Linwood, Linwood to go to church. It's almost an hour away. And I said, I said, why do you do it? And he said, a good word is worth any amount of time to travel to. I said, yeah, that's, that's, that's good. We're closer than Linwood in case you want to come. No, I did not tell him that part. 
But yeah, like the reality is getting to church is worth the inconvenience. So I say this to each of us. If we're building healthy habits of our faith, the A of building healthy habits is attend church regularly. I've had people who have asked me, why do you go to church when you're on vacation? And I say to them all the time, it's because I want my kids to know how important this is. That even when we're traveling, we're going to make time to say, God, you're the center. You are it. And, and look, we've made it all the more convenient because you can do it this way. I just told you this past Sunday, I didn't have to go anywhere. I was traveling with my family. I just sat down. I hit pause on life around us, hit play on, uh, on, on uh, roxboroughchurch.online.church. And, uh, and there you were. All of you were there. And it was sweet to be able to do that together. I want to encourage you, please, as much as you are able, build the healthy habit of attending church regularly. It communicates to you, it builds into your life, but it also communicates to all those in your circle. How fun was it that my kids had to be able to say to their friends who were knocking on the RV saying, can you come out and play? And they said, yeah, I can be out at 10, but at 9, we're doing church as a family. Man, that communicates something. Attend church regularly. You may be, if you follow me on Facebook, you may know that this week I put a post up about this. And, and uh, this post was, it's, it's an article that I just shared. And, and, uh, and that article just really communicates to all the parents. So let me speak to you really quickly if you're a parent out there. We know, kids, we know, can I get an amen from the choir section? We know that occasionally kids are rambunctious. We know that the idea of having kids sit together for an hour is difficult. And we know that if you came with your kids who are rambunctious and don't want to sit together for an hour, and you didn't give them an electronic because you don't want anybody to think differently of you, so you didn't give them an electronic during that time, we know that would cause all kind of ruckus during the service. Zoom in close. We welcome it. We welcome it. Bring them. Bring the ruckus. Bring the noise. Bring the toys, let them play, but let them be in the presence of their mom and their dad and the family of faith as we worship God. See, honestly, whether your kid is sitting there coloring or whether they're screaming, get me out of here in the midst of the worship service, I believe that what's being instilled in them is a healthy habit that they'll carry with them the rest of their life. So moms and dads, come. Matter of fact, let us be a part of your family as they make the ruckus and the noise during the service. We'll sit and enjoy it together. B, if you're following along, B, Bible. Study it and memorize it. Study it and memorize it. You look and say, Pastor Ray, I just want to know, give me, give me, give me the, the nuggets that I need in order to really get my edge back in my faith. Well, here it is. Take the Bible, study it, and memorize it. Now listen, studying it, and this comes from Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. So that's where I'm going to go. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. 
But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down and the streams rose and the wind blew and beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. Now, this is Jesus who's teaching. He's given this illustration. But you notice that Jesus says one important thing. He says, everyone who, what do you say? Everyone who hears these words. Everyone who hears these words. Now, the only way you hear the word of God is if you engage with the word of God, right? And so you read the word of God, you listen to the word of God, you digest the word of God. Jesus is teaching, and he's saying everyone who hears these things, right? He was, he was inviting us to be, to be in proximity to the word of God. Well, the way that we now are in proximity to the word of God is right here. You got one of these. If you don't have one, see me. See me. We have extras. Right? If you're online and you don't have one, send us a message. Let Pastor Ricky, who's on, the, who's on the screen right now, would you? Let him know you don't have one. We'll get one out to your house for you this week. Look, the Word of God is meant for you and for me to digest it, to take it in. And we don't just read it. We read it, we study it, and we memorize it. Watch this. John, flip with me to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. John chapter 8, 31 and 32. Somebody amen if you turn there. All right, I heard an amen over there. I'll take one. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said this, If you hold to my teaching, you are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. He says, if you hold to my teachings, you are my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Well, how will you know the truth and how will you hold to his teachings? You got to just not read the word of God. You got to just not study the word of God. You got to be able to recall and recount the word of God. The word of God has to be in you in a way that it comes out in a moment when Jesus was tested. When Jesus was tested by Satan, what did he do? He responded by reciting, recalling the word of God. He spoke the truth of the word of God. I want to say that to you and to me today. If we're going to stand in, 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 stand against or stand firm uh, in our place of faith, then we've got to be able to, 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 to fight the battle by knowing, recalling, and recounting the word of God. Now, you, you might be thinking, well, you know, Pastor, I'm not great at memorizing. That's fine. You don't have to be great at it. Just begin. Just begin. You might like, work a long time to memorize a scripture. That's great. Let's begin. Take that step. Devotions are meant to be quiet time with God, a time of listening, a time of conversation. But studying the Word of God is something that we're meant to be active in. We're meant to, to be in pursuit of. We're meant to not just, not just drop open a book and flip and read something. We're meant to have a plan and diligently work through that plan in order to continue to study and memorize the Word of God. Here, let me give you a quick illustration. What's two plus two? No, those of you at home, too, yell it out at home so everybody knows it. What's two plus two? Come on, say it louder so people hear you. It's not a trick question. Everybody knows the answer. Two plus two is? Now, what if I just said to you, no, two plus two is five? What would you say to me? You tell me I'm wrong, right? Well, how do you know that I'm wrong? Because when you were young, you memorized the fact that two plus two is Four. And nothing I can say to you right now is going to change your mind. 
There's nothing I can do. I can't try to make something up that's going to trick you into believing that two plus two is five because you memorize the fact. Friends, I want to say this as clear as I can. Every day we're battling against the lies of the evil one. The only thing that allows us to stand firm and fight the battle of our faith is if we memorize the truth of who God is and what God says. Then you know when something comes your way that isn't of God, you know to say, no, two plus two is not five. Two plus two is four. And if I said to you, well, no, I got new ideas about it, you'd say, I don't care about the new ideas because I know the truth that God has declared that two plus two is four. Come on, somebody, you get that? The only way we're able to stand firm against the push and the fight for our faith is if we study, inherently grow in our knowledge of the word of God and memorize and declare its truth. If you want to build healthy habits of your faith, grab your Bible, begin to study it, memorize and declare its truth. We're working our way there. We're going to get moving a little quicker here. So if you're following along, I, say this with me, I, come on, say it with me at home too, I can't do it alone. We're going to declare this to be true, that I can't do it alone. Turn to Proverbs chapter 27. Proverbs don't have chapters. Proverbs 27. Proverbs 27. Turn to the 27th proverb and look at verse 17 of it. This is what it says. It says, as iron. No, you don't have to repeat all this. I just wanted to show you the axe again. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You are meant to be trained up. You're meant to do it with others. You're meant to be in this community. Listen, let me say this real clear. It is your responsibility. Whose is it? No, not yours. Not it. In your case, it would be mine, mine, mine. When I say yours, you say mine, right? Not me, you. All right. It is it is each of our own responsibility as a believer in Jesus to seek out a more mature believer in Jesus and ask for help. This is really important. This is really important. It is not the church's responsibility to play matchmaker for your faith. Let me say that again so we all get on the same page on this. It is not the church's responsibility to play matchmaker for your faith. We're not lining everybody up in the sanctuary and saying, okay, I want you to go with you, and I want you to go with you in terms of discipling. It is your responsibility as a follower of Jesus to look ahead and say, I need somebody to help me navigate, and then to go seek that person out. Now, look, you might say, where do I seek them out? Well, you can start by coming to me, to Pastor Crawford, to Pastor Charlie, to Pastor Rick, to Pastor Ricky. Then you can, Pastor Scott, you can then reach out to people in the congregation. All you're looking for is somebody who is two or three steps ahead of you in their faith. Let me say it again. You're just looking for somebody who doesn't have all the answers. Otherwise, you wouldn't come to me. I don't have them all. You're just looking for somebody who's two or three steps ahead of you in your faith because you recognize that iron sharpens iron. You're going to be better if you're walking in the direction they're walking in. Paul said it this way. He said, follow me while I Follow Christ. Follow me while I follow Christ, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you along with me. You're looking for somebody who's going to be able to bring you along. Now, here's the active step. You're actually going to go to them and say, 
would you help me walk with Christ? Would you help me walk with Christ? Would you help me understand? Would you help me to make sense of the word of God? Would you be the iron that sharpens the iron? Would you be the one who bring, helps me bring an edge back on my, on my axe? Like, would you be somebody who helps me along in my faith? Friends, I want to invite you. I want to, I, want to, I want to say this as clearly as I can. You are not meant to do this alone, but it is your responsibility as a believer in Jesus to look for somebody who can bring you along. If somebody knocks up on your door and says, will you help me in my faith? This is not a time to negotiate. The answer is yes. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Church, matter of fact, let's just as a body, let's ready ourselves for that. Let's ready ourselves to say, I'm going to be in touch with the Lord. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be ready and on call that, God, you might bring somebody my way who would invite me to walk with them in their relationship with the Lord. T, T, we're on our way. We're almost to the end of it. T, tithe and yield to God. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, starting in verse 8. This is what it says. Will a mere mortal rob God? Question mark. Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, and there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that, that, there, uh, that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. That story that Malachi is recounting, he's a prophet and he's telling the stories. He's giving this illustration to Israel. And, and, and this, the call is that the people of God would be responsive to what God is doing. And look, look tithe and yielding to God. The, the reason why I tied those things together is because if I just said yielding to God, we'd all be like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. God, I honor you. God, I exalt you. God, I'll show up. But then when you say tithe, which is the act of yielding, it's the act of saying, God, you're in control. It's the, it's, it's, it's the proof in the pudding, right? Is that the saying? Proof in the pudding? I don't even know what that means. But it's the thing that says that this is real, right? Like that action step of saying, God, you, you, you're sovereign over my whole life, including the things that are most sacred to me, which oftentimes is our resources. Man. If I want to say yes to God, if I want to build a healthy habit, then I've got to say, God, this is all yours. Everything. Everything. Offer God the ability to be Lord, capital L, to be Lord over everything of your life. Offer God the ability to be Lord over everything of your life. And then finally this morning, show up and show out. Show up and show out. And I'm going to make sense of that in a minute. Hebrews chapter 13, this is where it says, and starting in verse 15, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that often, that openly profess his name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased.
God is pleased with the sacrifices that you and I make of showing up and showing out, not for our own, but for him. God, all that I do is for you, and all that I'll put out in front of someone is meant to draw others in. We're called by God to show up and show out. This week, I'll invite the band to come forward. This week, I ask you, how will you begin to show up and show out? What's a small step that you might take in your faith this week. Look, the reality is if you're looking to figure out how to build healthy habits of your faith, the nuggets that I've just given you are ones that you can begin to apply today. You don't need to wait. Just start with this, these daily practices one at a time. And as you do that, as you add these things into your daily practice, what you will find is no matter how perfectly you've thrown your axe and how many times it's hit the target that your blade has gotten dull. But with these healthy habits, with the pursuit of Christ, the wheel will spin and the edge will be brought back. And before you know it, you can join me and together We'll throw our axes again. We'll stand firm in our faith. We'll split the hairs that come our way. We'll be able to proclaim boldly, clearly, and loudly. This is the truth of God, and I know it. Church, I'm excited to go on this road with you. One last way that you could do this, join into a small group. Gather with a couple of people, virtually or in person, to study the Word of God and to ask the questions of faith. As we sing this last song in response, let's declare to God who he is over our life. And then hear a word from Pastor Crawford for just a second as he sends us out into the world this week. God bless you. I was listening to the message. I was thinking about how difficult it is for me to, to lose weight, honestly. I go on diets all the time. And as I was thinking about that message, going on a diet, you, you have to have a discipline. You, you have to be willing to make sacrifice. You have to be willing to change your habits. And as I was thinking about habits, I'm thinking about, wow, we have to make a habit of habits. And it takes about 27 days to establish a, a habit. And so that's what we need to do. All we have to do is start. If I start that diet, I know in the beginning it's going to be a little bit tough and my, my stomach's going to bother me. But after a little bit of time, after about a week or two, my body makes the adjustment and I'm not as hungry as I would be in the beginning. Well, it's the same thing with the habits that were just laid out today. All you have to do is be willing to start and keep doing it. And as you do it, and keep doing it, you will find out it's going to be a little bit easier to do on a regular basis. So I just want to encourage you in that today. And let's leave with a prayer. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you that you are God. And Lord, we ask for your strength and your power right now to help us in those areas that we need 
whether it be physical, whether it be emotional, whether it be psychological, whether it be spiritual. Lord, let us be able to form new habits so that we can go forward and allow your power to then take over to guide us and to help us and to keep us. We thank you and we ask that as we leave here today, we ask that you will go with us. Lord, we thank you. Amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.